on RTHK Radio 3. You're listening to Brunch with me, Karen Coe. Great to have your company. And now, great to bring you this week's report from Andrew Dambina. It's a Tuesday food report. Andrew interviews Joshua Ng, who's the co-founder of the Hong Kong plant-based protein company called Plant Sifu and its parent company, Good Food Technologies. We hear about the details and the R&D that went into its launch last year. Hey everyone, so my name is Josh Ng, and I'm co-founder of Good Food Technologies, a Hong Kong-based food tech company focusing on uh, plant protein and fat technology, and also specializing in uh, Chinese cooking applications. And we've just launched uh, Plant Sifu, which is our, our first brand under the company with uh, a range of pork and also dim sum products. So it is a plant-based meat substitute protein and you're into some of the most well-regarded Chinese restaurants in Hong Kong, three of them at the moment, with very different menus. How would you say your plant protein holds up as a substitute against meat and seafood products? Well, I think first of all, like uh, rather than like a complete substitute, it's more like a different option that's made with non-animal products. In our case, we do look at different parts of an animal to to mimic different textures. So for example, we would have a lean product, Mm. which would have like no fat and more tight texture um, as a mince. And then we also have a ground product, which has our own patented uh, fat technology, Aromax, which gives you a more like juicy, bouncy texture. Okay, can you give us some examples of when you would use the more fatty one? Because we're sitting at the moment for this interview in Mott 32 in Central, one of the three restaurants that you are currently having uh, some special dishes using your protein. I had some really interesting chung fun, the rice paper rolls, which were mixed with great textures and vegetables. There was also sulong bao, which are the Shanghai-style dumplings that have the soup and normally would traditionally have pork in them. We use the ground product with the uh, fat uh, Aromax in it with the uh, products where you require a bit more forming uh. and also more sophisticated textures. So you have it in the silong bao or the uh, soupy dumpling. Yeah, That was the one where I could really taste more of the flavour of the alternative protein and there was a certain sweetness to it which is something that I've noticed with other brands that are not made in Hong Kong. Is that a byproduct of what is done with soya bean or other beans? Does it often seem just a touch sweeter than pork meat might. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great observation. It's really to do with the, the choice of plant protein. We are a uh, soy-based product, and soy by default has a more uh, natural sweetness to it. Uh, is it in every aspect, whether it's a fatty or a lean version, is it a little sweeter? And how do you compare it with some of those, let's say, American companies that might be quite well known, and Taiwanese, which have some products out there in the market? Well, this actually depends a lot on uh, two layers. So first will be at the the company product layer. Depending on how much additives and flavorings and the choice of plant protein that they do, it affects the base sweetness of the product. In our case, we don't use any additives, no MSG, and that's why you don't we don't also cover as much as the base uh, the base soy flavor. But uh, there's another layer where it's more to do with the restaurant or the chef in terms of how they cook the product. Mm-hmm. So you would have chefs doing like Sichuanese approach where the product would be completely like spicy with a bit of mala. There will be no sweetness there. The Shanghai Nice approach, generally like Eastern China, they have a more sweet palate as well. So their dishes are sweeter in general. Yeah, but like if you look at Cantonese dim sum uh, in, in the South, for example, like with shiu mai, it will also be a bit more uh, savory. 
So, when you came to the research and development of your product with your partner, tell us a bit about the partner. Yeah, so I co-founded Good Food Technologies with uh, Dr. Andrew. So uh, he uh, his background is in uh, PhD in chemical engineering and chemistry, uh, also uh, in Chinese foods. Okay, how did you two decide to go for a certain sweetness? How did you want your food to be used? At the moment, we've mentioned that you're in three different restaurants. You're also selling pre-made dumplings that you're getting made with your product. Is it specifically for Chinese or Asian cooking exclusively, or do you expect that this protein that you're making so far can also be used in other types of cuisine? So, to your first point, I think the sweetness uh, that you experienced earlier is very specific to the Xiaolongbao use case because mm. it's also with a Chinese recipe, which, as I mentioned earlier, Eastern China has a more uh, sweet palate. Mm. Um, our we have two levels of products: the pork product and sort of the dim sum range. We do position plant seafood as more suitable for Asian cooking. Because when we did our R and D when we started, it was very focused on Cantonese dim sums. Because we tried all the products in the market, like Western brands, uh, mm. Taiwanese brands, and they don't really have a, a product that's good for uh, water-based cooking. When I say water-based cooking, I'm looking, talking about steaming, boiling, uh, simmering, etc. And that's where the fat, the inspiration for the fat innovation came about. But we do have uh, customers who take our pork product or our meat product to do our Western dishes like meatballs, uh, bolognese. Because uh, like besides just the branding, we we do have a product that has really good texture and a, a good value for money. For food service uh, channels like uh, restaurants, manufacturers, we have a more raw state kind of product. So ranging from mints to ground product to sliced products to to like chunky products. So these are more like versatile uh, raw state products, which allows the chefs and the manufacturers to do their own seasoning and their own tuning. We also have a separate set of products for the retail end, which is more like the dim sum and dumplings. So here we're looking at more like Chinese classics, uh, more for convenience at home. I noticed that you launched. Launched the brand in 2020. It was COVID-19 in effect. Were you focusing mostly on this ready-made product at that time? Because it must have been really difficult that you launched this as restaurants were closed a lot of the time. So actually, we we started company in 2020, but at that time, like actually most of the time was spent on the R&D and also getting the part production and distribution partnerships in place. We entered the market with the raw material product in 2021 because we had several anchor uh, partnerships that were looking to. Experiment with our products, plant seafood brand, and the retail range. Uh, it came out in the uh, summer last year, 2022. And also, I've seen that uh, previously, despite working with three Chinese restaurants of different style at the moment, Cantonese and Northern Chinese, you've also worked with Southeast Asian or other other Asian cuisines, uh, collaborating with restaurants too. How did that go? What kind of cuisines were they? So we, we've done quite a wide range of uh, partnerships across different Asian mm. cuisines. Uh, so for example, we, we worked with Fairwood where they used our sliced product for a range of Mapo to like um, spicy sauce flavored uh, rice dishes. Uh, we, there is also a collaboration with like a Japanese rice ball chain. And there we would have the Sichuanese Danda noodle flavored mm. uh, meat sauce in oh. their rice roll. Would also have with IKEA, where we actually have a ready-to-cook product, the Xiaomai that they had in the hot shops. So we do like quite the full range. You've not gone into their meatballs just yet. No, that's actually a great point because when we first launched, we were positioned more as a white label 
a good texture but mm. more affordable option. The branding with Plant Seafood came out uh, as I mentioned last year and we only co-brand uh, in areas where it accentuates our positioning as the leading uh, Asian plant-based brand. So with meatballs it's not really aligned but we still do that business. So for example we do supply to uh, Grand Hyatt with their meatballs. Awesome. Yeah it's room service western style meatballs. In the end of the day, like Plant Seafood, the, the whole vision and mission is actually to be the preferred brand for Chinese uh, cuisines or Asian cuisines globally. Oh. And how long was it in the sort of research and development process with you and Andrew, taking it from idea concepts to launch? So I think uh, definitely to uh, go back to Andrew's uh, uh, PhD. So during his thesis, he was studying how to lock, or in simpler terms, how to lock very strong flavors and aromas into uh, different mediums, sustainable mm. mediums. And that's essentially the inspiration for Aromax, which is basically using an edible medium to lock very strong meat-like aromas and oils into it. But we can technically say the R&D started when he was doing his thesis. Yeah. But then actually turning that into a, a pork product, we had our prototype in 2020, scaling that to a pilot production level that took uh, 8 to 10 months uh, and that's when we had our first uh, uh, version of our current products. You mentioned pork and that's what I've noticed has been some of your dishes that are using your protein but what about other types of meat? One restaurant at the moment in Hong Kong is going for seafood. Yeah so uh, this goes back to the the brand and product strategy. We are uh, pan seafood and we are focused on being the best option for Asian and Chinese cuisines. Mm. So by this, it means looking at which proteins uh, do you use the most in these uh, in, in these different uh, categories. So pork is by far the number one protein, actually second uh, seafood, and that will be something we'll look into after. So when you and Andrew got together, it was not only a question of tasting your own renditions of uh, plant-based protein, but also you had to do a lot of tasting of different versions of pork-based dishes or other dim sum Yes, so the first application we really wanted to master was the shumai because it's a Cantonese uh, favorite. Mm. And uh, well, traditionally, a shumai would have um, 50% seafood and 50% fatty pork. And that's where we got the inspiration on really focusing on the fatty component. Mm. And actually, when we started, we just had different formulations of the plant based pork applied into siumai. So you have the same seasoning, the same skin, and mm. the same cooking times, temperatures, yeah. but the same, um, but different formulations of the of our product. Mm. So that, uh, yeah, we basically tried so many different uh, flavor combinations. Obviously, the ingredient formulations, also different versions of the fat, uh, and we we kind of achieved the kitchen scale uh, prototype in July but actually after that we also did another test case which was specifically with uh, Silong Bao ah, okay. yeah so why Silong Bao because it's actually the like you said it's the most naked version mm. and then there are other fluids next to it that really affects texture yeah. so we want to make sure that our, our product can has it, uh, like keep its flavor and texture with the fluid next to it mm. So there we actually, uh, we, we did a consumer survey with 100 tables uh, working with a mass market Shanghainese um, restaurant. Uh. And, and there it's where we really noticed like even for the same meat, people from different parts of China, mm. they, they like it in a different way. Yeah. And that's where I got the insight for Eastern China, more sweet, more loose texture, more fatty, right. more soupy. In the south, more savory, more tight texture with less fat. Mm. Uh, and when we're talking the same, the same mm. dim sum. That's interesting because if you do take it to different markets outside of Hong Kong, perhaps you'll have to do little tweaks to it for that market, will you? 
100 percent the yeah. the need for localization and that's why the ability to manipulate uh, fat percentages and also its performance uh, mm. plays a pretty big role in our product development this is fantastic uh, as a story for hong kong because in an unrelated field recently it's come to my attention that there's uh, a lot of research going into the development and out-to-market uh, readiness for microalgae products in Hong Kong as well. Uh, where are you based in, in Hong Kong where you're actually doing your R&D and processing? Our pilot uh, manufacturing is done in Taipo Industrial Estate. Um, but before that, we we actually part of the incubation program at Hong Kong Science Park, mm. and that's where we got the initial like uh, assessments on the texture, the the performance, the bite, the bite force, and all these things. Given this the success that you're having with this product and the microalgae, that I think is another good news story, food wise production in Hong Kong. Do you think this is going to encourage Hong Kong as being a little more? enthusiastic about developing yet more food products have you heard from people in the industry that they would like to try something themselves oh yeah definitely all the time uh, I mean Hong Kong is known as a uh, food paradise mm. uh, but obviously like I, I feel a lot of the feedback and entrepreneurship is done more at the application and restaurant level yeah. So having your own uh, food brand, uh, your own recipes building on top of existing products. Yeah. In, in our case, we do that. But before that, we are also innovating at the raw material level. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, lastly, what can our listeners look forward to beyond the pork renditions that you've done at the moment? What other meats or, or seafood or other proteins are in your mind that you're able to tell us about at the moment? So there are actually two two major angles we're looking at. So, um, well, the umbrella is always uh, plant seafood. So one angle is besides mastering fatty pork, we're also mastering lard, because uh -huh. lard is actually used yeah. in a lot of Chinese bakery products and yeah. bao products. Yeah. So that's one direction, like really mastering the, the dim sum range, not only covering meat, but obviously at the protein level, we are expanding to seafood. And one uh, Hong Kong favorite is the cod fillet with uh, corn sauce. Oh yeah. Here it will be more about mastering a breaded cod fillet. Something to look forward to. In the meantime, people can find you online, of course, Plant Seafood, there's a good website there. And also, do you find that now you've got into this, you and Andrew, this really is the last question, that you are naturally eating less meat and fish or seafood protein yourself? Forget about the tastings that you have to do, but in your own leisure time, Oh yeah, definitely. Like actually, me personally, I haven't had uh, red meats in quite a while, especially beef. And for me, it's about having a larger portion of plant protein. When I say plant protein, it will be a mix of our products, but also like vegetables in general. Okay, thank you very much, Joshua. Good luck with the project. Yeah, thank you. And that was Joshua Ung, co-founder of Hong Kong plant-based protein company called Plant Sifu and its parent company, Good Food Technologies. And he was speaking to brunch food and drinks correspondent Andrew Dambina. Thanks so much, Andrew, for that report.